May 19th, John chapter 10, verses 22 through 42. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah. He was at the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The Jewish leaders surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is what I do in the name of my Father. But you don't believe me because you are not part of my flock. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and He is more powerful than anyone else. So no one can take them from me. The Father and I are one. Once again, the Jewish leaders picked up stones to kill Him. Jesus said, At my Father's direction, I have done many things to help the people. For which one of these good deeds are you killing me? They replied, Not for any good work, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, have made yourself God. Jesus replied, It is written in your own law that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods, and you know that the Scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when the Holy One who was sent into the world by the Father says, I am the Son of God? Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do His work, believe in what I have done, even if you don't believe me. Then you will realize that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father." Once again they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River to stay near the place where John was first baptizing, and many followed him. John didn't do miracles, they remarked to one another, but all his predictions about this man have come true, and many believed in him there. The human soul is so bent that we don't want the actual God of the universe. We want a God of our own design. When we are half-hearted about the things of God, the pressures and the brokenness of the world will more than likely eventually render us no-hearted about the things of the Lord. It's our turn to be valiant. It's our turn to be prayerful. It's our turn uh, to make war against injustice. It's just our turn. And the people before us were faithful to the Lord, and, and now it's our run. And I don't know how long our run lasts, but it's our turn. We're here. The world hadn't changed. Uh, it's just our turn to be filled with the Holy Spirit, informed by the Word of God, and to press into the darkness with calloused knees and calloused hands. Not just calloused knees and not just calloused hands. Both. Both. And so I thought we would look at King Uzziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. The Bible tells us he finds Zechariah, and he wants to be trained, and he wants to be trained in something very specific, and he wants to be trained in a fear of God. 
wants to be trained in a fear of God. He wants to be trained in being able to see, savor, sit in, um, marinate in the greatness and majesty of God. He wants to feel small. Like what a countercultural pursuit for us. I want to feel small. I want to know there's something bigger and more powerful and more mighty than I am. I want to be smaller than I know I'm king of Judah, but king of Judah is nothing compared to king of the universe. I want to feel tiny. Train me in this. There are two kind of pieces, two kind of strengths that begin to be developed in the heart of someone who is growing, being trained in a fear of God, a fear of the Lord, the majesty of God, the size of God, the scope of his sovereignty and power creates two things in the hearts of those who are his creates wisdom and knowledge. He knows I don't. I'm going to submit to that. And it creates courage. It creates courage because God is God and who could stay his hand. Right. I mean, if I'm a child of the king, what do I what have I to fear? If I've been purchased by his blood, if I'm a, an adopted son, if, my, if I'm an heir of, of the promise, if I inherit new heavens and new earth and I get uh, unfettered access to God, what have I to fear? Like, what could you do to me? Not like me? Kill me? What could you possibly take from me? See, you start to grow in confidence and you don't grow in confidence in you. See, the fear of the Lord doesn't produce confidence in you. In fact, it doesn't even produce confidence in your faith, but rather the object of your faith. Our confidence grows in that God is able. God is willing. God is at work. God will win. The ultimate victory belongs to the Lord, and our confidence begins to grow. And, and then one of the things that, that I, I, I want to fight for all, all the days that God gives me breath is this kind of weak notion that, that piety somehow equals passivity. You know, that if you're a pious man, a pious woman, that somehow equals kind of this uh, weird, quiet meekness where you just kind of cross your fingers and hope God will. And, and Because that's definitely not what we see in the Bible. In fact, pious men and women in the Bible are ferocious. And so Uzziah gets up off of his knees, uh, closes his Torah, filled with the word of God, blown away by the majesty of God, and he rejects passivity and he gets to work. Now, my, my hope is anchored in one place, and it is anchored in this truth, that the gospel of Jesus Christ can penetrate any and every darkness and is the only hope any of us have around any of this. And so I, I refuse to lose hope in the midst of what appears to be madness. Because I know we win. I know we win, and I know one day all of this nonsense will vanish.